Hi guys! Welcome to Something Private, a podcast about everything related to the vagina. From sex to health and the society. My name is Nicole and I'm your producer and your host. Hi guys! So we're here at the moon for the Girl Talk um, event on campus sexual harassment. Very excited because I'm going to be moderating the panel along with some really interesting and very qualified women. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think it's, first of all, a very beautiful space. There's like cushions and shit everywhere. And like really cute food and there's like plants on the wall and like fairy lights. Okay, it's not really fairy lights, it's more like lights. Like lights drip across the ceiling. Basically, it's like a very, it's a safe space, you know, you get the feeling it's safe. So last month, I was invited to moderate a panel on campus sexual harassment. It was a panel in three parts, the first on barriers to reporting, the second on consent, and the third on responding to harassment. There were some really amazing individuals on the panel. Um, Monica Bay was there, Devika Panika was there, she's the spokesperson at the Sexual Assault Care Centre in Singapore. There was a clinical psychologist, a lawyer, and an undergraduate affairs representative from one of the local universities here. So such a panel discussion would have never happened 10 years ago, let alone three. You don't understand how revolutionary this is, actually. And in a public space, sis. All of this is the work of four university undergraduates, Heather, Inrong, Danelia, and Don. This is their final year project. The four of us started embarking on this project when we were exploring doing a campaign for social good as part of our uh, FYP. So we considered different topics, but at the end of the day, we decided that this was something that really resonated with us. Now, we are aware that sexual harassment is like a larger cause and also that um, anybody can be a anybody can face sexual harassment but for us the reason why we chose to focus on girls and also in campus is to narrow our scope so we can target messaging and it's also because um, it's something that we are comfortable with and speaking with many many of our friends we realise that this is um, a problem that so many girls face and we were asking ourselves what we can do to address it. Okay, so, um, without... I think Singapore is a really interesting little nation because while we are one of the leading countries in gender equality, I think we have some really insidious forms of harassment that presents itself differently from what we see in countries like America where the violence is a lot more upfront and aggressive. I'm talking about, you know, back home we have um, perpetrators taking videos of upskirt, you know, videos of girls in showers. I'm not negating the fact that, you know, there are more upfront forms of harassment here that definitely exists but we're seeing a lot more perpetrators coming forward with some really weird actions you know like SG Nasi Lemak as well that's not an upfront way of harassing or assaulting someone but to share someone's nude body or images of someone's nude body on platforms like these it's quite concerning and definitely a type of harassment about one in four of Singaporean women have experienced sexual harassment whether in the form of sexual or verbal assault. The survey, conducted by market research firm YouGov, 1,045 Singaporeans, revealed that in comparison, only 9% of male respondents have been sexually harassed before. However, 
out of all the respondents who have experienced sexual harassment, only 52% made a report or told someone about it. So I've invited them on a special episode today to discuss what it's like to be four university students leading the conversation to girls standing up against sexual harassment on campus today. But first, what exactly does Girl Talk do and why? Girl Talk is a digital-first campaign focused on empowering female undergraduates to recognise and respond to campus sexual harassment. Hi, I'm Heather. I'm Yun Rong. I'm Danielia. And I'm Dawn. Okay, so I come from a background where I don't really talk about um, sexual harassment or, you know, these kinds of things a lot because like, it makes me feel very uncomfortable and it all started last year when I experienced catcalling on the way to work and then I posted an Instagram rant on my story and I just really wondered why, why women must feel so shameful about experiencing sh- such things and even responding to it. So then Heather replied to my Instagram um, through a DM and we weren't even that close then but she typed like essays and like responded um, to me to say like you know I'm not alone in feeling this way and then I told myself like, I would never do this as an FYP like ever but then once Heather replied me I was like set on it so <laughs> for the next few months I literally like <laughs> I really really wanted the group to 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 push for it as well la. and then slowly like Yoon's was kind of on board and then throughout the whole thing then was like not very um, sympathetic to the experience of sexual harassment because she's never experienced it before or she didn't recognize it as sexual harassment. So then she didn't really want to push for it in that sense. If it's not something that you think has happened to you, you might think that it's very irrelevant or like I knew that it existed but it was not something that was in my life and I knew it was a hard topic so to me the question was like why do you want to do something that is so like hard hitting for like an entire year you're gonna spend all your efforts and like I don't want any of us to have a breakdown in the middle of doing FYP so to me the rationale was that why don't we do something lighter something like easier on ourselves but then I think everyone was very interested in doing like on sexual harassment and I came around to it simply because like I recognized that it's an important issue to talk about as I got to like learn more and talk more to survivors and just like understand the experiences of people who have gone through sexual harassment it also made me recognize that oh actually I have been through like sexual harassment not campus in particular but I have been sexually harassed before by like my driving instructor I just back then I just saw it as like oh he's just this perverted old uncle and it's like you rationalize as he's being a perverted old uncle and it's almost like you justify it to yourself and you accept it and you just like move on like okay I just have to deal with this old uncle until I get my license and then I never have to deal with him again and I didn't really think of like removing myself from the situation because it was more like oh he's just it just it is what it is is what you tell yourself and then you think oh I just have to endure it until it's over and then never have to think about it again I think that's why it's so important to have conversations because you will realise that it's actually a lot more pervasive and it might be in your life without you realising. If you think that this has not happened to you, you are afraid to be part of the conversation because you think, uh, what is my role in this conversation? What rights do I have to speak up about something that hasn't happened to me and something that is so severe in other people's lives? But the thing is, I think everyone should be part of the conversation because only then, then can we remove the taboo 
that's attached to it, like the stigma. In the end, we went ahead with sexual harassment on campus instead. Why we decided to narrow it down to universities, I mean, one reason is like practicality because we know we are uh, uni students, this is our immediate reach and we felt like we could really make a difference and an impact reaching out to our immediate audience. But the other reason is also because um, that there really is value in focusing specifically on campus because of the very complex nature of like the social relationships that are built when these students like they live and they learn together. Many of these students it's like their first time living away from home, their first time being immersed and like staying in hall and like all these contexts. And because of that it just like it builds very complex social relations that require a lot of like thought and and boundaries, you know, and it requires a lot of time to explore. And many times like you, you don't really have that time to explore because you're just like thrown into it and then before you know it like boom like you hit a wall you're uncomfortable or something and then you kind of keep quiet about it and that's like that's where we want to step in you know that's where mm. we want to say like hey you're uncomfortable at this moment here are some reasons like um maybe like why you're feeling uncomfortable and it's okay for you to speak out to speak up against it it's okay for you to take actions to make sure that you are safe and comfortable in like this environment. Due to the incident last year about Monica Bay and also the Terence Xiao case, this is time to really drive this campaign because um, due to the public outcry and due to the like severely raised awareness of this issue, people now understand that this is severe and this is something that is happening in campuses to our youth and to like young people in Singapore. So like now that people understand that this is severe, we want to empower more female students to have agency in taking control of what they can do, um, knowing about the resources that are out there, look at the steps that you can take. Um, these are the updated laws that have been put in place for our era so that people are not just like afraid of what's going to happen they actually know what to do if we are privileged enough to speak about it now we have no reason not to how do you assess that the situation is favorable to have a conversation that people want to be part of i'm not very sure about whether the me too movement had deep roots in Singapore as in whether many Singaporean women were then speaking about it but I think just our awareness that this was going on on like a global stage the happy women's day in cases even um, aware's aim for zero campaign you know there have been more voices and more people speaking out about it and so suddenly it's in people's head you know like um especially I would say women who maybe have experienced these things before and then they brush them aside they were like oh yeah that's not important suddenly they were thinking about it suddenly they were relating to it and this is what we found like um, before we decided to embark on this topic we spoke to a few friends um, a few other female undergrads we asked them about um, how they felt about whether they had their own experiences and we asked them you know um, how do you feel about you know after the Monica Bay case and like of that how do you think about your own experiences or how did you respond to that and I think what we realised was that um, many people related to her many people related to Monica's experience because even if they weren't exactly her in that situation. They were like, yeah, you know, I've been in this situation where I've just felt so scared and uncomfortable and not sure of what to do. And I think to us, it increased like the urgency of um, the need to have this conversation. And and a big thing for us is that we realized that um, our target audience, so female undergrads, they know, they know that it's severe. They know that it's scary. They know that it's difficult, but they don't know what to do after that. They don't know how to take themselves out of that situation. So that's where we enter the conversation. Personally, I wouldn't say like Monica is like the f- the person that is like only person that is like championing for, for sure, like she yeah gender equality. Mm. There have been a lot of organizations that have been pushing for it. A lot of people pushing for it, 
And there have been like cases similar to Monica's before Monica even like came about. But the thing is, I think it's accumulation. It's like when you fight with someone, you don't just fight because of one thing. You fight because it's accumulated like feelings. So it's the same thing with this. Like it's accumulation of incidents that finally, I think we are just like, how long are we gonna let this go on? And then I think that's why it kind of like spark like the whole thing and you know the more people get angry about it the more the media wants to pick up on it because people are reading the news and then that's why so much attention was given to it tell me about like the thought process behind from okay now we're gonna focus on sexual harassment on campaigns what are my next steps and why was that important i think in the beginning where we were deciding that oh we wanted to do on sexual harassment there was also a question of like the target audience like why do we why should we be targeting female undergraduates uh, which are like the survivors in this case, right? When we should maybe target the perpetrators to ask them to stop doing what they're doing. So we had like a consultation with our FYP supervisor and he actually asked us like, okay, do the perpetrators think that it's a severe issue? Do they think that they're susceptible to being perpetrators? No, because they do such things because they think that they can get away with it. Simultaneously, while we try to like solve this like very complex social problem of like harassment, right? Because it's definitely more than just them being horny or like being repressed. It's also about power balance and how sometimes this is used as a way to bully people also. We cannot continue to let female undergraduates or like just continue to let our girls like suffer. We did talk to like different friends from different schools, like all four of us, uh, be it like people who have gone through harassment, people who know of people who have gone through harassment or people who like completely have no like re- like harassment happened to them before and like don't know anyone who has had harassment happen to them. So from there, we kind of like shared our findings with each other and to get a better picture of what this like issue is like in Singapore on a, like a university level currently. I didn't have many friends who were survivors or like uh, ever had her like have ever been yes. harassed. Yeah. So most of them when I talked to them I realized that they would say that yeah they are confident in responding but then when asked about like knowledge questions like oh what exactly would you do then they realize like, oh there's actually a gap like they don't know what they would do they just it's like easy to think that yeah yeah I'll, I'll handle it when it comes but if it actually comes like do you really know what you are gonna do the answer is like most of the time they're not really like sufficiently prepared for it because Dan spoke to a lot of people who never experienced it before Um, whereas on my side I spoke to a a lot of people who have experienced it before and the results are like the opposite like when we asked them um, did you know because it happened before right so we asked them like um, at that point in time did you know what you were supposed to do or like do you know what you could do or like uh, do you know the options out there that you could take you know and all of them said no like they were totally not prepared um, Sure they, they did feel like shock, fear And uh, all the barriers that could appear at that time But um, all of them said that they were not prepared at all And uh, that they don't know what resources there were I think that's the difference between people who have actually experienced before and people who have never experienced before. Also, we asked them questions about whether they are concerned about group harmony, collectivism, whether they know their boundaries. They do care about group harmony and that is one of the main reasons why they did not call out the perpetrator or actually do anything to suggest that they were not happy with what was going on because they did not 
want to not only upset the perpetrator but also the group that they were in. They experienced this either from their orientation group mate, a classmate, um, an old friend from you know their childhood. All the survivors knew their perpetrators and they were either friends or acquaintances. Across all our respondents, we also found very common barriers that include uh, a sense of shame. Um, One respondent mentioned that she wouldn't call out the perpetrator because she wouldn't want to bring attention to herself for being the one who put herself in that situation in the first place. Another factor would be embarrassment. Um, Just not wanting to stand out and not wanting... uh, As well as like having that responsibility and the guilt um, that the results from people, you know, blaming blaming survivors and saying, you know, what were you wearing? Or like, why were you there at that time of night? Why did you put yourself in that situation? After we collected the data, was to tell our audience that firstly, they are never responsible for another person's abusive actions. That's like one of the main points. And the second thing is that they have the power to do, to respond and to do what they want to do, whether in, in any way that they can, to report it or to just like speak to tell the person that it's not right or to tell to voice their discomfort to like use their fists if they want to and then after that we moved on to another type of uh, so that we can send out to like the mass of female undergraduate audience and from that we got 250 uh, respondents um, only 34% of them were confident in responding to a sexual harassment situation on campus and and also only 17% uh, knew where to find the resources so from there we knew that what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring the resources to them so that it would be accessible for them to understand and see how easy it is or like how how simple the steps are to thinking about responding to harassment so they can increase their confidence. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. You can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream your podcasts from. So I don't know if I've told you guys, but we also have a Telegram channel where I occasionally upload cute gifs. Just search for Something Private Pod in the Telegram search bar that's Something Private Pod to find us, or follow us on Instagram with the same handle, Something Private Pod. So I heard one of the things that y'all wanted to do is a Hongling Park. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why did y'all instead choose for a cozy get together? I would like to clarify that this was not a group idea. Okay. Yeah. This was from Daniela and I'll let her explain the rationale. Okay, so I was very inspired by like the climate change rally <laughs> at Hongling Park. There were so many people and it was like a peaceful like protest, right? In the beginning when we were trying to find like a venue sponsor, I was like, hey, we should go at Hongling Park. The sponsor is the government. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll have our venue settled because it's at Hong Lim. So initially, when I pitched the idea, I was like, let's have a protest, (laughs) peaceful protest. Yeah, (laughs) let's have a peaceful protest at Hong Lim. And then everyone said no. (laughs) (laughs) Because because I think we didn't want to go like, we didn't want to take the route of like looking like angry, like feminist. Then I was like, are you not angry? 
I'm pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so upset. What were your, what were your when like we talked about this, they're like, it's not that we're not upset or angry. I think it's more of like people know that this is severe. So, and and we feel like um from a protest, right? We cannot really help to educate people, like, give them resources about how we can help. Because, like, even if the media cover it, right, they're going to be like, oh, like, angry undergraduates at Hong Lim Park, <laughs> marching, <laughs> idea, <though>. and stripping. <laughs> and <laughs> that was the other idea. That was oh, Dawn's yeah, so idea. What can we achieve from that? To yeah. compromise from that, I was like, okay, then Dawn had another idea. I just thought we can get into the media faster if we all strip. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, then she tried. Then Don tried to convince the whole group to strip. And, and I was we all like, said no until until, until I was like, um, if I strip, then will you agree to the Hollywood protest? <laughs> and she said yes. <laughs> so four female undergraduates so, strip naked at Hollywood protest. Yeah. So like the two of us were like, so me and Don were just like on board. And then uh, In Rong and Heather was like, no. And we also low-key said, maybe, I don't know, because it's like a Aquarius thing, so... <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, because we are the Aquarius gang. <laughs> gang gang. <laughs> I think for us, we are less, like, Singapore as a whole is less agreeable on the idea of um, making such a big statement so quick like whereas over there they can agree that it's kind of like a collective like understanding that women have these rights but then over here I think we also didn't want to do it we wanted to do away with the protest because we want to engage people in a two-way conversation for us to engage people for them to ask questions and share their experiences and for us to like be there for them and hold space for them mm-hmm. so that's why we need to be we need to have an empathetic kind of point of view we can't just like march around and state what we think that the objective truth is mm. when at the end of the day we are trying to get people to share their own side of the story yeah mm. I guess Singaporeans are also not very receptive to a much like sure they they may believe strongly in our cause right but that doesn't mean that they will leave their homes mm. to like march but down because yeah, yeah because they're afraid they're like oh what if I lose my job that's why like Singaporeans fear yeah. this kind of like confrontational thing mm. because it all boils down to like the whole collectivism thing mm. as well we really realise that a panel event has the power to be a really intimate session where people can not only um, listen to these insights but also contribute to the conversation to us so it was super heartening to us eventually when um, at the event there were conversations even amongst like the audience with the panel so it was almost just like a group of friends like talking about you know how to respond to harassment like about their own experiences about like um, how they can find support from like uh, institutional sources or like from friends and so on and the panel itself was a very credible way to introduce these topics to the audience because they are all experts cited uh, opinions and um, resources. Um, girl talk very prominently puts like girls in the center, right? So uh, one of the questions that some people have asked us is like, hey, like why are you excluding men from the conversation? Like you know, men get sexually harassed too, and we definitely agree. But for us as four ladies, right? Um, we just think that we have, um our messaging angle, our strategy, all of it is just more well-suited towards women. And also there's the fact that like harassment is a gendered issue and we're not saying men don't experience, they do. So like I think 1 in 10 uh, rape victims is male, but that means that 9 in 10 are female. We are choosing, we are picking our battle, right? Just like how we're choosing like university harassment. So like we are, we are focusing on females. And in fact, there was like an 
there was a another Instagram account that gave us like a shout out. I think it's called the Survivor Circle. They are for male survivors. So this account, when you look at it, it's very straightforward. It's like you know, men can be emotional too, and then like it's it's just very straightforward. The language we use, the the messaging strategy, it's all different. Uh, in this day and age, right, of society, we've only just begun to like come out with our stories. We've just started to share. Yeah, in Singapore, we've only just begun to like share our experiences openly. You know, this is an issue that has only arisen like a few years back. You know, it hasn't reached the point where we are ready to like address the perpetrators directly. Because first of all, as four girls, we can't possibly understand. You know how it feels like to be a perpetrator simply because we are not in their shoes and we don't have the same mindsets and beliefs that they have. So it's much um appropriate for us as four ladies who are female undergraduates to empathize, empathize, and you know come up with um resources and solutions that are better suited for this target audience. And I think in the beginning we were so afraid of getting flagged, and we were we were really really scared that people would criticize us and say things like, "Oh, boys get harassed too," or like like who are you to say that you know what what is harassment? And we were just very afraid. But then you know somehow along the way, like right in like the middle point, um, like we just told each other, you know, we really chose this topic. Let's just go all the way. So even up to this. Like when we re- when we get sometimes we get messages sometimes we get like people pointing out like hey maybe your messaging might be a bit um um insensitive or things like that then then we just very calmly like address it and we explain our decisions to the person and we are just like very very sure of what we want I think that in the beginning we were we want and then now we're just like since we really decided we're just gonna defend it all the way I mean why do we have to even play defense There was one time I was like telling Heather you know. We don't have to keep on defending our decisions, but we just tell people like um, the reasons that led to them. So this has been part one of our episode with Girl Talk SG. Stay tuned on Thursday for part two. Follow Girl Talk SG for more information on how to respond to sexual harassment. They have really practical advice and is well worth listening to. Otherwise. Subscribe and follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from.